In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to teach and live the faith. Uh, We will show you how to teach the people that you encounter, your family and friends, other Christians, people of other religions, and even atheists, um, how to to grow in knowledge um, of the faith, the Catholic Church. So your hosts today are myself, Mickey Siva. Uh, I am the Seasons of Infancy and Initiation Specialist here at the St. Philip Institute, and then my co-host... I'm Deanna Johnston, the Director of Family Life for the St. Philip Institute. And today, we are going to talk about (laughs) prayer. What is it? What are some obstacles and challenges to prayer? Um, We're going to give you some concrete suggestions um, and help of either experience from our failures or successes, um, and really just how to grow in your own prayer life. Right. And full disclosure, this is this is something that I think both of us are still growing. I know that prayer is a, it can be a challenging thing. And then you come across quotes like from uh, St. Francis de Sales, who said, every one of us needs half an hour of prayer a day, except when we are busy, then we need an hour. And I I'm read, like, go down. How? <laughs> how? How are we supposed to do that? Um, and the temptation, I think, really, or the inclination, oftentimes, is just to think, okay, well, but I'm, but I'm busy. How do we, how do we make more time? You and I are both mothers mm-hmm. of three, and I've got another yeah. one on the way, <laughs> and we work. We've there's there's so many things to do, and so it's tempting to make prayer one of those things that we just set aside yeah. because like I'll, I'll get to it eventually. Um, but really just talking about, okay, why is prayer an essential part of the Christian life? Like as essential as breathing, yes, <laughs> it really is that important. Um, and not so much asking like, do I have time to pray, but is prayer a priority? Yeah. Um, for me, is it a priority for my family? Um, and yeah, just looking at the, the concrete, okay, now, now what do we do once we know what prayer is and we address what the obstacles are, how do we actually live this out? What do we do? Exactly. I know when we were, we're talking about this episode, we had first named it finding time for Mm -hmm. Jesus. And then after we were doing our research, we're like, "Mm, (laughs) we really need to change this because you, you're not going to find like empty time in your day. You're like, okay, now, because I have nothing else to do. Exactly. I'll pray. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also recognizing that it's it's not as though we will ever get to the point where it's like, ah, my prayer life is perfect. I have arrived. <laughs> I have arrived. Yeah. There's no um, growth that's needed. But really, God is always calling us to deeper intimacy mm-hmm. with him. And so how do we respond to that? And that prayer really is a response to, to God who is calling us first. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's just start off by talking about what is prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it can, <laughs> I think sometimes we can think, okay, prayer is my grocery list to Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just my, okay, Lord, here are all the things I need. Amen. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, thank you for, <laughs> for for the gifts that you've given us. But part four of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and if you don't own a catechism, definitely Amazon.com that Prime shipping is great. Um, but the catechism has just a beautiful section on prayer. Like I think it's the whole last section, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the section starts with um, a quote from St. Therese of Lisieux. She says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. And then it goes on talking about, and I think a lot of us have heard this this definition, but in paragraph 2559, prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. And also talking about how humility is the foundation of prayer and that it really is a response to, to God. Um, and then this, this last 
part of the, the opening paragraph, only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought, are we ready to freely receive the gift of prayer. Um, and thinking about prayer as a gift, I don't know that I've, I've really thought about it as a gift so much as like a thing I need to do <laughs> to be yeah. a good Christian. Um, but really thinking about that time with God, that intimate time with God in prayer as a gift and also responding to him. That's, that's a powerful yeah. thing. Yeah. I love it. The part that you mentioned where it's our response to God. So God is constantly inviting us to that deeper intimacy with right. him. And so there's never a moment when he's not calling. So right. there's never a moment where we should cease praying, right? right. Responding to that um, deepening of that relationship with Christ. And um, I know too, and I think maybe the, some of the struggle happens, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but when we're younger, we're taught specific vocal prayers, mm-hmm. right? And then the danger is that sometimes we just stay there, mm-hmm. where we just, it sort of becomes that checklist, like, have I said the Our Father today or Done. the Hail Mary, you know, and you just go right. through this litany of prayers that you have said. Um, and I think sometimes not realizing that we are called to grow. Um, and deepen that relationship in ways that um, only God speaks to us. Right. And I think sometimes when we talk about our prayer life, it looks different for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I know that I've seen like the lives of saints, and I'm like, I could never have a prayer life like that. Right. <laughs> um, I, how do you How do you even do that? I didn't start off that way. Right. Um, right. That yes, you start off with more um, simpler prayers or rote prayers, but that intimacy, that relationship with Christ grows. And I know for me, my struggle in prayer life has been like, well, what, like looking at a person and be like, okay, well, my prayer life should look like that. And it's only been, I guess, in my 20s that I started uh, realizing that it's going to look different. Right. That my prayer life is going to look different because the way that God and I communicate is unique to our relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And that it's going to change over time. Yes. Because I know for me, my prayer life looks a lot different now (laughs) as a mother of three than it did as a college student, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, right? Great in yourself. Right? <laughs> but sometimes, and that can be really frustrating too, is to think like, but my prayer life was like this. I could do a daily holy hour. Mm-hmm. I could just swing through the chapel anytime I wanted or go to adoration at midnight on first Friday because yeah. my my life just allowed for that. And that can be a frustrating thing with prayer is thinking, well, I'm not doing the same thing that I used to be doing. Or there are moments or seasons where we felt more intimate um, with God. And then you get these seasons of, of dryness. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, just having this, realizing that prayer is a journey. It's not necessarily this very stagnant thing because it's it's a relationship, right? Yeah. It's a conversation um, with God. And I even think about my... <clears throat> My relationship with my husband, the things that we talk about now are different than what we talked about when we first uh, met each other. And there's hopefully I would I would think that there's a deeper intimacy there because we've known each other for a decade. Right. Yeah. So we we yeah, the conversations that we have are um, are fruitful in a different way. Um, and it should be, it seems like it should be the same with God, that it it shouldn't, we shouldn't be saying the same or have the same type of prayer life that I did in second grade yeah. that I do now as a mom. So Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love the comparison because I was going to mention that too, like with my relationship with my husband, you know, um, like the things that you started off with when you mm-hmm. were, when you just met or mm-hmm. you got engaged are definitely different. And so you do evolve as human beings in things that you have learned and experiences that you have right. had in the way that you communicate. So just like I'm not the same person that I was when I married him, he's not the same person. Um, And so we've had to learn, um, as each of us have had our own experiences experiences in life and we have grown together, that I'm not who I was back then and he's not who he was back then. Thank God. Yeah, right. (laughs) right. Um, At least for me, my husband was pretty great. He's gotten better. Um, But yeah, this idea that that we are constantly learning more about ourselves Mm. Um, more about our human relationships and also more about our relationship with God. And so realizing that our prayer is um, not something that's supposed to remain stagnant or the same, right. that it will right. it will evolve um, because of our own experiences, experiences in 
the way that we have recognized how God has worked in our lives in that intimacy, um, it just it is just different. Right, right. And I like how in chapter two of part four um, in the catechism, it talks about the tradition of prayer. And it says, prayer cannot be reduced to the spontaneous outpouring of interior impulse. In order to pray, one must have the will to pray. Nor is it enough to know what the scriptures reveal about prayer. One must also learn how to pray. Um, And so looking at things like the word of God, the liturgy of the church, growing in the virtues, all of those are are sources of prayer. Um, But I I love that that is a reminder that it's not just us um, sputtering out what we what we want from God. Mm -hmm. Right. Or and it's not enough to know all these really great quotes from the saints about (laughs) prayer. Um, and I feel like this is this is where I can struggle sometimes is, you know, as a catechist or someone who's who's like trying to teach the faith to my children too. we define prayer. We talk about what it is, but actually letting it infuse our mm-hmm. every part of our lives. Like you were saying in the beginning that God is God is everywhere <laughs> and that every moment of our lives, um, there's an opportunity for prayer yeah. there. Um, and what is it? Uh, is it First Thessalonians where it talks about praying without ceasing? And I'm the, sure it sounds right. <laughs> right. It, it's and you, you look at that. And it's like, well, how am I? How am I supposed to pray without ceasing? Like, I gotta I gotta change diapers and like, how am I supposed to to, to express uh, a prayer in this moment? Um, but I think when we when we allow that that prayer to infuse every part of our lives and that's the goal of the Christian Mm -hmm. life is to have that that type of intimacy with God that we can really make every single moment a prayer or a conversation but that's not easy (laughs) no it's not easy um one of the in the catechism again again it's a beautiful part of the the catechism it's great um but it mentions in there that prayer ought to animate us at every moment Mm. Um, and St. Gregory said this, he said, we must remember God more often than we draw breath. And then when you think about, um, I guess the, how huge that is, right? The idea of like, okay, I'm not even thinking about how I'm breathing right now, but I need to be thinking about God more often than that. Mm -hmm. Um, that it can be really intimidating and almost like an unreachable goal. And I know for me, sometimes the idea that, okay, that's lofty. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's possible. And right. so it can paralyze me into like not acting or not doing um, because it seems like a goal that I feel like I will never reach. Right. So then, and of course we're going to talk about um, some obstacles later and like discouragement or distractions that sort of get us there. Um, but you also mentioned like, you know, listing off the, these things that God, um, that we want God to answer, mm-hmm. right? And I think... Sometimes in my life, I've sort of approached God like a vending machine. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, well, I'm going to put my money in, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to type out exactly what I want. Right. <laughs> and then I expect right. exactly what I ordered. Right. And, right. Um, but that's not, that's not how God works. That's not how our relationship with God works. Um, he is not a vending machine, right? We can't expect to put in minimal effort and get exactly what we want. Right. First, because right. what we want may not always be what God wants for us. Right. Um, and um, that's not how relationships work, right? There's mm-hmm. no, like, communication if I'm just like, this is what I want, this is what I'm praying for, so. Thanks, amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. And I think it's really interesting, too, or important to remember that God does want to hear what our needs are, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry out to God for help because <laughs> like, I'm struggling with my my kids or in those frustrating moments of, you know, the little St. Anthony prayers that we throw out there when we can't find something. Those are, <laughs> those are all good things, and it's not to, to minimize any of that. Um, and, and those are ways of making prayer part of um, each and every moment of our lives. Uh, but it's also recognizing that God doesn't just want the the little bitty moments or he doesn't just want our laundry list of like, okay, Lord, here's all the things that I'm worried about right now. Yeah. Um, but also that he he wants to have a conversation with us. And I know that can be a real challenge in, um, in, in developing a prayer life is really leaving time for that, for that silence, but not to, to jump ahead. Um, but yeah, just... Uh, there's 
part four of the catechism is huge. It's the last, <laughs> it's the last piece. Um, but I just really love how, how it defines, you know, prayer is a covenant relationship with God. So it's a, it's a back and forth. It's not just a one way street. It's a mm-hmm. conversation. Um, and that building that habit, building that, um, that habit of being in the presence of God, that from that comes, um, you know, this life of, of abundance and it, it affects every other part of our lives. If we've, we've got this beautiful interior life or we've, we've developed that fully, it's going to affect other parts of our lives. So if we're prayerful in every moment, we're going to see the fruit of that. Yeah. And I think one of the things, at least in my own experience, that was really helpful is I used to, um, think that I had to have everything perfect before I could enter into prayer. Like I had to be together um, in all of my thoughts or uh, my emotions before I could enter into prayer. Like I only wanted to give God the best part, you know, of what I had to offer. And um, that's not always the case. Like he wants everything, right? Um, He wants to fill us, like permeate every ounce of our soul. Um, So hopefully when people see us, they see Christ. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't know if this is my years of teaching high school, but I would always come up like with analogies and stuff. And so one of the things is like kind of like it might be kind of silly, but it works for me. (laughs) Um, The idea that we're a balloon, right? Being filled with God's breath. And um, we start off small, right? Uh, But if we in our prayer time, right, that recognition that God is always present and allowing him to breathe his life into us, that we expand. Right. And God wants us to expand. Um, and we get bigger and bigger, which means that we become more capable of, um, that God, I guess, has, um, he can occupy more of our life, if that makes right. sense. Um, because he wants his breath of life to fill us, right? This idea that, um, for me, that it was more than just a conversation with Jesus, because I felt like I wasn't praying if I wasn't somehow vocally praying or mentally mm. like calling mm-hmm. out but the idea that Christ is with me at every moment right, right? the recognition right. that his grace right his life lives within me and as long as i don't push that out i am in the presence of god all the time yes and um so realizing that it is always possible to pray unceasingly if we can remember that and the catechism, it says, um, it's always possible to pray. The time of the Christian is that of the risen Christ who is always with us, no matter what tempest may arise, that our time is in the hands of God. Um, and it does even say that it is possible to offer fervent prayer even while walking in public or strolling alone or seated in your shop while buying or selling or even while cooking. Mm-hmm. And so I, for me, that whole idea, like Christ is always with me. So doing the dishes, probably my least favorite chore. And But that's usually when I have the best prayer time, you know, it's like Jesus right here and I'm um, in his presence and I'm talking about my day or I'm praying for my children um, or my husband or just running through the things that went on in my day and just handing it over to him. And it's actually made (laughs) that chore that I just don't like a little bit more bearable. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's talk about some of the obstacles that we have. There are plenty. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, and I think I alluded to this um, just a minute ago, but that – I can kind of fall into two traps um, when I t- think about my prayer life. First is that everything has to be perfect for me to pray. So I have to be alone. Mm-hmm. It has to be a quiet space, <laughs> conducive to meditation. Um, it has to be peaceful. But as a mother of children, even if, and especially if they're small children, you mm-hmm. are never alone. No. Right? They're always like, mom, 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 mom. Right. And, um, and it's hard. And so I found that even when my kids were much, much smaller, that, that, perfect time and place and environment never came, which meant my prayer life was pretty much non-existent because I was just waiting for that moment. But then I would also fall into the the trap that I'm too busy, right? I'm too busy. And I've worked for the church ever since I have been out of college. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, God, I am too busy doing your work. You said the laborers You're were welcome. few. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I'm like, God understands how much I work. He sees that I'm actually trying to do ministry for him and to right. build up his kingdom. Right. So he understands mm-hmm. how much I'm working and how hard mm-hmm. I'm working for him. Yeah. Um, and so I don't need to sort of take that yeah. extra time 
to make time for pray because I'm like doing all of this stuff for him. Right. It's for Jesus. Right. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. And those are, those were, um, I guess traps that I fell into. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think I'm right there with you. Um, my kids are almost five, almost three, one. And then we've got number four due in January. So our, Life is a little crazy and sticky right now, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it is really tempting to think, okay, I will, I will pray, um, at once everybody's down or once everybody's in bed or I'll get up really early and, you know, knock out a rosary or do some, some, um, scripture reflection. Uh, but of course that's the time when the kids are up all throughout the night. And mm-hmm. so, there is no prayer happening at, yeah. at 5 a.m. Um, or the kids are up really late or just something happens or it's just been a really long day. Um, and the perfect moment never comes. So it is very easy to keep postponing it and postponing it. And and then, yeah, the second thing that you said, same. same. <laughs> um, I think you and I are both reading a book right now, Soul of the Apostolate. Mm-hmm highly recommend this book <laughs> to it is anyone. really good. I keep describing it as um, like getting my butt kicked every time <laughs> I read it. And I've been, I've been reading this for um, almost all year long, but it, I'm going through it slowly because every page is so <laughs> convicting. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that, that it, t- so it's talking about, you know, the importance of an interior life, the importance of prayer that, that is, that is emphasized all throughout, um, and especially for those who are involved in ministry. Uh, I think he speaks a lot to, um, to priests. Um, but early on in the book, he says, um, you know, he is crazy, we would say, if we heard an apostolic worker using such words as these, my God, just do not raise any obstacle to my work. Just keep out of my way, and I guarantee to produce the best results. I remember reading that and just thinking... Yeah, <laughs> that's that. How often, how mm-hmm. often, especially in ministry, is it is the prayer basically, Lord, please bless, bless this retreat or yeah. bless this talk that I'm about to give, um, but not coming at it from a place of being receptive first. Um, so it's just, again, going back to that, you know, just listing off like, OK, Lord, here's all my things. Um, it can be really easy, I think, in ministry to, to say things like, okay, well, you know, I've got all these really great products. We got vac- vacation Bible schools coming up. So Lord, just bless that. And yes, Lord bless that. But how often are we actually taking time to, to discern okay, how is God calling me to, to serve in this? What, what does God want to put on my heart yeah. to, to share with others or, how am I supposed to, to serve? If I really am serving the church and the body of Christ, seems like I need to receive first before I just go into action. But that's a, that is such a tough, um, a tough lesson to learn. And I appreciate that the church recognizes this. So again, when you read part four, um, in the catechism, um, paragraph 27, 25 talks about prayer as a battle. And I just, I really appreciate that, that language. Um, it says prayer is both a gift and a grace and a determined response on our part. It always presupposes effort. The great figures of prayer of the old covenant before Christ, as well as the mother of God, the saints, and he himself all teach us this. Prayer is a battle against whom? Against ourselves, against the wiles of the tempter who does all he can to turn man away from prayer, away from union with God. We pray as we live because we live as we pray. That That is a powerful thing <laughs> to reflect yeah. on, just recognizing, like, of course there's somebody who doesn't want me to enter into a conversation with God, or there will always be, there will always be a reason not to pray. Yeah. There's always a reason not to pray. There's always a reason not to make time for that. Um, but if prayer is not the very core of our life as Christians, mm-hmm. that's going to show. It, it does. Do. I remember this, this makes me think of, um, there was a time I was doing the dishes. Um, I was listening to a podcast about how to love your husband better. And my husband came up to give me a hug and I'm washing dishes and I'm trying to listen to this podcast and I'm like, stop. And I shoot him away. And I was like, 
he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening to a podcast about how to love you better. Go away. And, yeah. And then I think at that moment, um, it hit me that I've got this all wrong. But mm. then I think that God was like, but this is what you do in your ministry, right? Mm. Uh, like there mm-hmm. are times when I would be giving a talk or um, preparing a lesson on how to teach my students how to pray Lexio Divina. That, but I wouldn't actually do it. I'm like, Lord, I am too busy teaching people about your word. Right. I can't, I can't read it right now. And I think that that moment, um, while I was doing the dishes, just made me like step out of myself for a minute. I'm like, oh, that's kind of how I approach ministry. It's kind of how I approach um, my work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it's not good. My husband kind of chuckled, and I'm, I, I envisioned. God kind of chuckling too, like <laughs> she thinks that she can do this without me. <laughs> Go for it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, some of the other obstacles uh, that I know folks face is dryness in prayer. And the catechism, catechism even talks about that. And this can be really frustrating because you can be in a place, and I know there have been seasons in my life, um, I think especially in college, there was a season where I was like, I'm doing all the things, Lord. Like, I'm going to adoration. I'm going to daily mass. I'm praying the rosary. I'm praying the chaplet of divine mercy. Um, but it didn't feel like there was anything coming back, Mm -hmm. right? And so it can be really challenging to persevere in prayer when it just feels like God is just looking at you. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny because I had a a similar experience in college. I was actually doing, it was my internship, but since I was a religious studies major and youth ministry major, my internship was this thing called Totus Tuus, and we were doing vacation Bible schools for churches throughout. Um, I did it in Denver, Colorado. And so we were traveling to different churches. Um, every week we said liturgy of the hours every morning and evening. We had daily mass. And so I was like, I'm doing all the things. And um, that was a particularly difficult time in my personal life. And um, I remember telling my teammates, like, I just, every moment that I could have away from, like, the VBS kids, um, so normally that was during lunch, Mm -hmm. so I would even skip my lunch to go into the chapel, and I'm like, what are you doing? And I remember having this very vivid image in my mind of, um, you know how dads will walk around and their kids are um, hanging on to their their ankle yeah. just being dragged around. <laughs> right? And at that point, like, it was fun. The kids were laughing. But I kind of felt like that's what I was doing, mm. um, that I was clinging to God. But I felt like he was walking away, but I did not find it funny. I was like, <laughs> this is not fun. Right. What are you right. doing? And I remember having that image as I'm in the chapel, and um, I very clearly remember him saying, but but look at how hard you're clinging to me. Mm. And that's what the catechism says when it talks about moments of dryness. It says that, um, this is the moment of sheer faith, clinging faithfully to Jesus. And I remember that there has not been another time, I don't think, where I have really understood or saw myself clinging, like my life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for me, that was really powerful. Yeah. And so in those moments of dryness, like clinging, yeah. Uh, to the ankle of God. Right, <laughs> right. I think there's a there's been a meme that I've seen going around on Facebook that says something like, um, if you are clinging to Jesus, make sure you are clinging to the hem of his garment, right? If you're, oh no, if you're hanging on by a thread, um, make sure it's to the hem of his his garment that I just love it. Cling, cling to Jesus. Um, and I, I really like how the catechism continues with that and it points back to scripture, you know, the one that, that says... Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And reminding us that sometimes there has to be dryness so that we can grow. And I know looking back at some of that season of of dryness um, during my college years, that was preparing me for the next step. Um, of going into full-time ministry or doing mission work. But I I needed to spend that time just listening and absorbing and just letting Jesus look at me. (laughs) I think it's, it's, I'm Catholic, so I'm really bad at (laughs) memorizing the scripture. Um, But I think it's, it's the gospel of Mark. um, And uh, there's a, there's a a sentence in there that says, and Jesus looked at him. Um, 
I think I think it might be when the rich man um, is coming asking Jesus like what do I what do I need to do, um, and Jesus looks at him with love. And someone had reminded me, you know, sometimes you just need Jesus to look at you. Mm-hmm. You don't need him to say anything. <laughs> you yeah. need you need him to look at you with love and to rest in that. And I think that's where spending time in adoration can be really helpful. Um, but the other piece with that, uh, looking at that grain of wheat. Um, image, the catechism also reminds us that sometimes we need to think about, okay, why am I feeling dry? Is it because the roots are in a bad place? <laughs> am I am I am I not rooted in the right place in my spiritual life? If I have I fallen on rocky soil, am I in need of conversion? So that that call back to remember this is a battle. <laughs> we're we're yeah. never just um, in kind of a stagnant place in the Christian life. We we're we're always marching forward. Um, so, okay, what, what is it that I need to do differently, um, in that, in that relationship in order to go deeper? Yeah. I like how you said, like, what do I need to do differently? Because sometimes it's like, okay, God, you're not doing right. I'm doing all the things. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> but where are you? What are you doing? Right. And, um, I think, yeah. So for me, those, those moments of dryness, because I'm a very emotionally driven person. So, um, if I don't have those sort of like, um, warm emotional feelings of being in the presence of God it's Mm -hmm. very hard for me like if I feel like there's any hardship or tension and this is about any relationship that I'm in whether it's friendships or with my husband if I think if I sense some tension or that it's not going right I'm like okay what's going on right and I kind of freak out um but sometimes there's tension in our spiritual lives because it is a battle Mm -hmm. um and just to clarify if there is something not right about our prayer life it's not God's fault. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Great point. I mean, with, with all of our other <laughs> relationships, point. you know, there is some compromise and give and take right. and learning that out and learning that. But in our relationship with God, like he is everything that he is doing is for our good. Yes. Um, and trusting that. And so the idea of like, okay, if, if there's something going on, if there's a tension that I'm experiencing or some hardship or some distraction or dryness, like what is the origin of that? Right. Um, right. And uh, it's not a problem with God not doing his end. It's that right. he's trying to even speak to us through right. those through those obstacles. Exactly. And that reminds me of uh, Matthew chapter 8 um, when Jesus is asleep in the boat. Um, because there is all of this tension and the storm. And I think I, I think it's kind of funny that it's either in Matthew's version or in Mark's version where it says that Jesus was asleep on a cushion. Like Jesus was real comfortable. <laughs> like he was he was taking a real good nap. Yeah. He had a cushion. And they're waking him up like Jesus, like help <laughs> save us. And he wakes up and he's like, why are you terrified? You have little faith. And then he calms the storm. But sometimes it can feel like, Jesus, why are you sleeping right now? Clearly everything is a hot mess. Like yeah. I really need you to to act or we expect him to act on our terms. And I think that's where that virtue of humility really comes in is saying, okay, Lord, your will, not mine, be done. And that, yeah. can, that can be such a difficult prayer to pray um, because that means I don't necessarily get <laughs> what I want <laughs> yeah. on my, on my time frame. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just really challenging. <laughs> and I know for me too, like the whole idea of, um, like, I don't like the tension. I don't like suffering in mm, the journey. Mm-hmm. And so I will almost, um, pray very fervently to avoid all suffering if at all possible. Um, but normally sort of my prayer imitates that of Jesus in the agony in the garden, like, Lord, let this cup pass by me. Yeah. But my prayer usually ends there. <laughs> there, period. Yeah. But Jesus is like, not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard because that takes an incredible amount of trust. Um, I was, I remember reading this book in this like um, mom's Bible study I was doing a few summers ago. And it just asked the question as part of a reflection, like, do you trust Jesus? Oof. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> do I trust Jesus? <laughs> right. um, and it was right. it was one of those moments that where I guess for some reason that question just hit me. And I'm like, I don't know, because there were so many areas of my life that I was trying to control um, and um, or I felt this tension or there was this storm, but I didn't rest in, in – um, in the knowledge that Christ was with me, you know, and, um, it's so true that we just need to, to trust that God's will will be done, Mm -hmm. that everything that he's doing, even if we think he's being silent, um, 
that his work is still being done in all of that. And it right. does take an incredible amount of trust. Exactly. Which I think we lose as we get older, right? Uh-huh. And so, like, you think of, like, a little kid whose dad will throw him up in the air. You they know, know dad's going to catch him. <laughs> right. Mom then, might not, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't throw my kids up that high. <laughs> I need to do more arm exercises. But, uh, but yeah, like, there's never a fear in the kid's eyes that they're not going to be caught by their dad. Right. Um, and in the same way, um, I feel like along the way that trust is sort of on our end, is broken or right. we start to like, mm, right. Lord, I'm not going to let you just throw me up because I don't know if you're going <laughs> right. to catch me. And right. But he will. And he is there. He's right. in the boat with you. But reclaiming for me, reclaiming that trust um, has been uh, difficult. But mm-hmm. when, once I realized that, then I brought that to him in prayer. I'm like, okay, I thought I trusted you. Clearly Maybe I. with 80% <laughs> of my life I did, right. but there are a few right. things that I that I didn't realize that I wasn't really placing in his care. Right. Um, and it was a matter of trust, Total right? That trust. his will is going to be done, That's even so, if yeah. it's painful. And I think that was the part because I was trying to avoid any suffering on behalf of like either mm. my kids, like protect them from any amount of suffering right. or hardship, um, that it was hard for me to sort of yeah. relinquish that and hand that over. Yeah. Oh, no, it's such a great point. And that's a, a great reminder about childlike faith. Because I think about the prayers that my kids pray at, at night prayer, and it kind of makes us giggle sometimes. But my, <laughs> my son, um, he's just now, like, becoming more vocal um, during prayer times, not running around all the time. But, like, last night, I think it was, he was saying things like, Lord, just thank you for my dinosaur. Thank you for my blanket. Thank you for my mom. Like in, in, in the midst of everything, he's just he's just thanking God for every aspect. Or um, when my daughter prays, just the things that she um, the things that she recognizes, and she's like, "Yeah, God will take care of that dog that we just passed on the on the way to school that that he doesn't get hit by a car or just this things like that." Um, but like we grow up hearing things like Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so and we can rattle that off but as adults taking that to prayer okay no Jesus loves me mm-hmm. wow <laughs> like looking at a crucifix and being able to say okay Jesus does love me that much if God loves me that much surely he is not going to let me drown in this moment and my favorite gospel story is Matthew 14, um, when Peter walks on water. And I've got this painting in my office. And it's such a great reminder of allowing God to call us out of our comfort zones. Because sometimes we can get real comfy in our prayer life, in our spiritual journeys, just wherever we are. But through that that gift of prayer, or if we're paying attention to, to where where we are in our relationship with God, at some point, God's going to call us deeper. He's going to call us to step out. And I love Peter's response. You know, Lord, if it's you, call me out. And Jesus says, come. And then Peter's got it for a while. And he's, yeah. he's got eye contact. But then he gets distracted mm-hmm. by life and the storm and he sinks, but he knows who he needs to reach out to. He says, Lord, save me. And it says immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and grabbed him. Jesus didn't let Peter sink and laugh at him. <laughs> he grabbed Peter immediately. And that God God loves us so much that he allows us to, to you know, go through these um, growing pains in mm-hmm. our in our spiritual life that it's not always gonna feel the same as as it did when we were three years old yeah. or in college or before marriage. And even now, <laughs> I think that there are things that we're experiencing now that it won't be the same 10 years from now. There'll be different types of obstacles that come up. But yeah, to, God's always calling us deeper yeah. in prayer. Yeah, I love that. Um, the idea, I've never really, I guess, heard it explained that like right when he started sinking, he knew who he was going to call out to, like, Jesus saved me. And I think that in those moments, right, uh, that our prayer life is meant to be that constant reminder that it is it is Christ who saves us. Right. Um, he's going to pull us out. And then sometimes he allows us to experience that moment of like, well, what's going to happen? But the response of like, Jesus saved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we believe that, right. the doors that it opens for us in our spiritual life are um, invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
All right, so we talked a lot about like what prairie is and some challenges and obstacles and kind of gone a little bit all over the place, but let's just be very practical. So because I know that there are people who are struggling with their prayer life, maybe some have incredible – like have an incredible intimacy with with Christ, um, but even then they understand that they need to keep going, and some really kind of struggle. So let's just right. talk about like simple suggestions or things that um, are helpful yeah. in growing in our prayer life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we've both talked a lot about you know just our, our how our prayer life has changed since becoming mothers, and there was a priest that I, I was speaking with um, in our diocese actually, and this was really really helpful because I, I was expressing how challenging it was to pray and it's like you know I I work for the church I should have this down by now (laughs) you know and he said pray as you can not as you can't and that that means that I needed to set realistic goals for my prayer life can I actually get up every single morning and pray the rosary at 5 a.m. and pray all of the liturgy of the hours and pray a rosary and make it to daily mass with four kids under the age of five? No, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a mama there's like, yeah, of course I can. I do it every day. I'm just not there. Deanna's not there yet. Um, but what can I do? How can I make – like prayer does require effort on our mm-hmm. part and recognizing that. So so not just being satisfied with, ah, oh, well, I only got one Hail Mary in today. But, but hey, if that's where we're at in our spiritual lives, like, okay, I, I was able to, to pray one very sincere Hail Mary in this particular moment – great. Let's start there. But just being very realistic and practical with, okay, maybe I can't commit myself to an hour of prayer every single day right now, but what, what can I start with? Where, how can I make the first 10 minutes of my day belong to God? Um, instead of trying to, to set this huge mountain in front of myself and then being disappointed. Cause I know for me, if I can't do the maximum, then, all right, well then I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just not going to go yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I had some friends, they're really into doing marathons and I hate running. I hate running. Just the sound of running makes me like shake and quiver. Same. Right. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm going to train. Not for a marathon, but I'll train for a half marathon. Now, mind you, I was not working out at all at this point. But I was inspired by the witness of these people. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to do it. So my training started at running three miles. I hadn't been running anything. But I'm like, I can do it. Yeah. So I had gotten to a point where I was running like the six or seven miles as my longer runs. And my ankles... um, they got to the size of softballs. No. So I went to the doctor. He's like, you should probably not run. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was like, running is hazardous to my health. Other people, it might work for them. But for me, like, what I tend to do is if I hear talks like this about prayer and um, or I see other people who have these, what I would consider amazing prayer lives, what I do is I reach, I think, far. Mm-hmm. Um, well, God's grace suffices. I get that, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he does want us to be a real realistic. So what I probably should have done is a couch to 5K first, <laughs> right? And grow because I just wasn't ready for it. My body wasn't ready for it. Right. And so the idea of like, okay, it's okay to set these goals, right? Yes, it should be challenging, um, but they should be realistic. And uh, but I tend to um, bite off more than I could chew uh, all the time. Like I get inspired, especially during Lent. I'm like, okay. I'm going to do da 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 And then by week two, I'm I'm doing all of it poorly. Or I'm not doing all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still poor. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I love – so I had to really train myself, like, okay, be realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do that, just like if we um, start from, like, couch to 5K, where we set these small, realistic um, goals for ourselves that eventually we might be ready for a marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm not because I don't like running, but um, but the same thing in our prayer life is that our balloon is going to expand. God is going to call us into a deeper relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So where we're going to be 10 years down the road right now to us might seem impossible because right. we're like, right. I can't do that. Right. 
Um, but what can I do? What today? can I do today? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's I think where it's also helpful to look to the lives of the saints as examples of people who who learned how to pray. Um, the conversions that happened through that. Looking at saints who are wives and mothers. Looking at, at saints who have similar temperaments that that we do. Um, as like okay. I, I may not be at that that St. Therese little flower <laughs> <laughs> level of faith or prayer yet, but okay, what is it today that I can do to, to grow in that? Um, and the, I think the catechism affirms that too, just looking at the communion of saints, looking mm-hmm. at, at, at not only the, the saints, but also just our brothers and sisters in Christ here in our parishes and our small groups. Um, I know that that's been really helpful for me is participating in things like Bible studies. Cause yeah. it's like, okay, I do have this focused time to grow in faith and we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, and it just, yeah, it just makes it that much easier to, it does. It makes, <laughs> it makes it helpful. Like either if you have cheerleaders on the side, like cheering on, yeah. like, you can do this or they're running with you. Right. Um, yeah. One of the things that was also helpful to me in my prayer life, um, and I don't know if I could have put it into words until I read part, I'm not finished with Soul of the Apostolate, but <laughs> one of the things that it said, and I hope I'm not a Latin guru, so, um, but there was a quote in there called Aje Quod Agis, which means do what you are doing. Mm. And for me, that just stuck. So like all of my interior and exterior acts um, are called to be a recognition of the presence of Christ. So whatever I am doing, doing it well for, for Christ. And that really has transformed, I guess, my my prayer life and my relationship with Jesus. So all of these things that I was doing, but they are not not that they had lost their meaning, but they become they became so routine. So like just things like the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, you just do it because that's yeah. just part of our tradition. And so but becoming more intentional, like, so let me do that, but with the mind of Christ. They're like, what is that? So every time I sort of do the sign of the cross, I'm like, that's my price tag. Mm. That's what right. God God gave his life for me, and that cross is a reminder. And so a sort of consecrating of my whole body, that is God's price tag. I am his. He loves me. And so doing those things that I've already have been doing, but doing doing it well well with hopefully um, the mindset of Christ. So things like the sign of the cross. um, One of the other things that I started to do was just bowing at the name of Jesus, right? Mm. So if you're already in church, you're going to hear the name of Jesus, right? And so um, that act of just like bowing at the name of Jesus, like there is power in his name. And every time I bow, I'm reminded like there is power in the name of Jesus. And so just that simple action um, has helped me sort of, I guess, develop a deeper love and reverence for Christ. So it wasn't something that took 30 minutes out of my mm-hmm. day to do. Right. It was just really becoming more intentional about some of those devotions or practices that are already existent. Right. So if I am saying right. the Hail Mary, <laughs> saying it with sincerity, right. um, or the Our Father really trying to... Um, sort of like a sponge and you squeeze it all the water out right so taking those prayers and really squeezing all of the spiritual graces that god Mm. wants to give us in those prayers um that we as a church that have prayed for centuries right yeah right we have such a treasury in the church of, (laughs) of all these prayers exactly and the catechism affirms that you know like looking at looking at the intentionality behind our prayers and even taking scripture and making scripture our prayer prayer we we encounter god in his word mm-hmm. <laughs> in scripture so making sure that we're taking that time for reflecting on whether it's the upcoming readings or the daily readings or you know looking ahead to 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 the sunday liturgy things like that um doing things like spiritual reading like soul the apostolate a good butt kicking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the soul. Um, just things like that that challenge us to go to go deeper. Um, and then also just making time for silence. And that can be a really challenging thing um, in our prayer life because again, we just want we want to tell God all the things and it's it's great to praise him. It's so great to thank him and to to ask him for things and showing him that we're totally dependent on him. but then it's 
remembering that this is a conversation. Yeah. This isn't just, all right, God, here's Deanna. <laughs> here's everything that, <laughs> that I'm going to give you today. Um, but taking that time to be receptive and that, I mean, that beautiful, um, just the receptivity of the church, that feminine nature of the church to be receptive to the Holy Spirit, to be receptive to God's word, uh, because that's where the transformation happens is in receiving what God is wanting to outpour to us. But we have to be an open <laughs> open yeah. vessel to, to receive all of those graces. Um, so spending time in front of the Blessed Sacrament um, and again, just letting Jesus look at us, that can mm-hmm. be sometimes that that might be all we can do is yeah. just um, it's just allowing God to to look at us and we look at him. And sometimes that's that's as much as we can do. And that's OK. Yeah. Um, and then I think finally, um, you know, as parents and as catechists, this is just it's so important for us to remember that we cannot give what we don't have. Yeah. And I just feel like God's really put that on my heart over this past year is, yes, all of the ministry that we're doing, we're doing great work in the St. Philip Institute. We have lots of fun. And the projects and the goals that we have are wonderful, you know, fulfilling the the bishop's vision. But (laughs) if that does not first come from a place of prayer, um, or as catechists and, and, um, you know, we're teaching, we're teaching our own children, the faith, we're, we're teaching other people's kids, the faith or other adults, the faith. We can't teach what we don't know. Um, we can't love what we don't know. And so really making prayer a priority and uh, trying to avoid that temptation of, okay, Lord, bless my efforts. Uh, right. cause this is for you. Uh, <laughs> but more of, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm here to serve. So how are you calling me right. to serve? Yeah, and to just that reminder that um, that prayer is a gift, it is a grace, um, but it always presupposes our effort. Yes. So with that, some of the efforts we want you to make um, into our, we call this our into the chariot. And this is when we give some bit of practical advice of something that we want you to do to take what you've learned and live it, maybe share it with others. So um One of the things we want you to do is set aside time to take an honest examination of your prayer life. And maybe even jot this down. Um, I used to hate journaling. Now I do it all the time. Um, But jot down what does your prayer life look like? What does it consist of? What are you doing well? What needs improvement? And how is God calling you to deepen your prayer life? Because knowing where we are um, really helps us in like, okay, now, okay, God, now that I know where I actually am, right. <laughs> guide me in this, right? Make that right. a prayer. Show like, me this where is... you want me to go. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And another piece with, with this Into the Chariot is take some time to read part four of the Catechism on prayer. It is it is such a rich <laughs> section of the Catechism. And even the final portion of that um, goes through a really beautiful reflection of the Our Father line by line. Um, so just reminding us that it's not just, you know, just another prayer <laughs> that we pray, um, but taking that time to reflect on, okay, what does it mean to God, call God Father um, and all that. But yeah, great, great section. Yeah, I feel like we could have just opened it up and just read it. Right. Verbatim. <laughs> that could have uh, been the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good. So examine your prayer life, read part four of the catechism. And I'm just going to throw one more thing out there, but um, to not give up. Right. To not be discouraged. Um, Learning how God is going to speak to you and the form that your prayer life is going to take does take effort and determination. But knowing that God is with you in the boat to not fear, to not be discouraged. Um, And no matter what trials or dryness we encounter, resting um, in the humility and the trust that God has us. He's going to catch us. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. (laughs) Very good. And we've got lots of wonderful plans um, just to bring on more special guests um, to to cover a variety of topics. Um, You'll hear from Mickey and I um, in future episodes, Dr. Stacey Trisenkos, our executive director with Bishop Strickland. Um, We've got Father Braun and Doug Berry um, doing some episodes. It's a good lineup. Um, Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be real good. Um, But all 
of this is with the goal of helping to to teach and live the the Catholic faith. Um, but we also want to hear from y'all. <laughs> so be sure to um, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, our website is stphilipinstitute.org. And if you'd like to submit questions um, for us to answer on future podcasts, you can email podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. All right. Well, that's a wrap. All right, and now we'll close with a prayer from the bishop. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.